1: It's Fox Top 5, the podcast where the hosts always agree
0: to disagree. This week, host of the quiz show on Fox Nation, Tom Shalhoub. I was not allowed to to watch them as a kid, and the only uh, stand-up that I could get was the album at the library.
1: And host of Fox Across America on Fox News Radio, Jimmy Jimmy Fallon. Even when he's deliriously performing in a non-comedy venue, he still respects the light.
0: Come together to share their top five favorite comedians. Here are this week's hosts, Tom and Jimmy. Welcome to Fox Top Five. I'm Tom Shalhoub, host of The Quiz Show on Fox Nation. And today I'm joined by my good friend. I don't just say that. He's host of Fox Across America on Fox News Radio. Jimmy, epic fail-up. Oh,
1: Shalu, <laughs> miss you, man.
0: And I miss the epic Fela. Remember, when we used to do that. We had you had your own audio.
1: I had like an intro. It got yeah, it's, it's uh, things escalated. I went from my own intro to my own show. It's that's, a lot more stressful. I miss the intro days, Shalou.
0: It's the way it works, man. You know who else did that? Tucker <laughs> Carlson.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's, <laughs> he's doing so, all right for himself. He would. He'd probably get a quite the ratings bounce from hearing you and I mention him on air by the way
0: and I would love to include him in today's topic although he's not here every week on this podcast Fox hosts reporters personalities of all sort get together and they share their top five of any given topic and uh, guess what some people need a good laugh some people are experts in laughter some people are I would say Laughter elitist, and that's probably you and me, Jimmy. And <laughs> so, we are going to review our top favorite comedians. Top five favorite comedians from each of us, Jimmy.
1: Yes, this is a big deal. Yeah. You he gotta helped. be careful uh, with who you endorse these days, Shalu, because they true. could get canceled at any minute.
0: That's true. In Which fact,
1: by, yeah.
0: You know, and some of these comedians, maybe some of actually some of the world's top stand up comedians are. I mean, they're in jail right now. <laughs> Let's be frank, right? So we, we might have to watch out about who we endorse here.
1: I was very careful about this because yeah. now they're even canceling non-comedians like Nick Cannon.
0: Yeah, it's, it's really amazing. He was never really funny and now he's both not funny and he's not welcome at anybody's party.
1: Oh, it's a mess, Shalu. So, <laughs> so with that in mind, I was, I was very careful in putting this list together because I didn't want to endorse the wrong guy. Okay. But I wanted to acknowledge because you and I have discussed this in the past. People are really missing the point of comedy. And what I mean by that is we're, we're giving jokes too much power over our lives. What you and I yeah. have always loved about comedy is it was a way to take the power away from things that bothered you for a few yeah. minutes at a time. That's it. And jokes were just jokes. You were just kidding. And I've always said to people, uh, you're supposed to look at comedy like a buffet. Uh, if you like the joke, throw it on your tray. If you don't like it, just keep walking. Nobody cares. What your opinion of a joke is we all get our own tray. Right, Shalhoub?
0: So true. So and true. And
1: I, I only bring up that metaphor because of all the time I've spent performing at colleges at 12 noon when they're literally eating lunch and filling up trays. Do you yeah. remember those shows?
0: Oh, yeah. You're kind of a buffet comedian, but you, you, know, you, you need the money, so you do the gig.
1: Oh, it's the worst. Every time I got paid at a college, shalou, I felt like Don Cheadle in Boogie Nights. You know when he's at that store and it gets robbed and they shoot the cashier, but he <laughs> shamefully takes the money out of the register because he needs it? Yeah. I always feel like Don Cheadle when I'm getting paid at college, but Isn't it that's another story for another time. We have to do our top five,
0: right? Number five. Jimmy, what is your number five? Let's start at the back end here. Number five. I you know what's funny? I I might be I'm going chronologically. So I'm gonna go back in time and start there, going from, you know, the the beginning era of stand up all the way through the modern era. But in any case, I don't care where you start. Who's number five?
1: Starting with five, uh, I like Rodney Dangerfield, and I'll tell you why really quick. Shalom. Uh-oh. Growing up as a kid who loved comedy, I always liked comedians that were repeatably funny, meaning they could tell you a joke that you could tell to somebody to know why you like them. Yes. You get it? Yeah. So I like joke tellers over physical comics. So, like, Rodney D uh, was like the quintessential joke writer, joke teller. He had like my favorite joke of all time when I was a kid. He's like, yeah, I went to the doctor. He said, I got good news. I got bad news. I said, doc, what's the good news? He said, they're going to name a disease after you. I think that's fun. He's like, <laughs> you're dying. You know I mean, what? it's
0: great. It's fantastic. So and, Rodney Day. But Rodney Day, and it's true. I love that pick, not just because, because he really is a jokesmith. But again, it's not, it's never about the joke. It's about the persona that he created. And it, yes. you know, it's a persona that we all instantly know. He doesn't get any respect. How about this guy who doesn't get respect Uh as one of the pioneer comedians of our time, Andy Griffith, Andy Griffith, a great storyteller. He had a nightclub act that a lot of people, they say, wait a minute, Andy Griffith, are you thinking of the wrong guy? No, no, no. It's the guy (laughs) with the Andy Griffith show. It's the guy who played Matlock. He started out as a nightclub entertainer and he had this great character where Mm -hmm. he would tell stories and, uh, Uh, Anecdotes from the point of view of a kind of rube from the south. Yeah. And if you ever get a chance, I want people to—he's available, you know, on all the streaming services. You look up Andy Griffith stand-up comedy, and uh, it's really great stuff.
1: Stop it! What is it? What is his nightclub act filmed on? Is it like Super 8?
0: No, it's audio. You can hear the the uh, audio tracks. I think you can get them on iTunes. Uh, The audio you can get them on Spotify. But he would do these great monologues and uh it's interesting because you know the andy griffith show Mm -hmm. his stand-up character is as if you combined andy goober gomer and barney fife all into one character it's fantastic
1: he's got he's got some of the best woodrow wilson material you've
0: ever seen No, believe it. He does. He does a lot of historical stuff. He does a great bit on Shakespeare, does a thing on football. It's fantastic.
1: He, so a lot of kids listening don't even know who Andy Griffith is, but he's like over a hundred. He's like the same age as Joe Biden. Yeah. <laughs>
0: excited They went
1: to elementary school together.
0: Number four. So number four for Jimmy.
1: Uh I said nineties, nineties, Chris Rock, Tom Shalhoub. Oh
0: yeah. Now why do you have to make it nineties? I mean, Chris Rock is still great, isn't he? No. Uh what?
1: Tambourine is the worst well, like, well i don't
0: even know what tambourine is jimmy Maybe that was I'm his not latest up- that
1: was his latest special he got a little like i don't want to accuse him of being woke but in the 90s he had like Louie and wanda sykes writing for him and he was doing a lot of like biting social political commentary yeah now he has like michelle wolf writing for him for real and he's a little more um how could i explain it to you he's trying to be artsy it's almost like he's more hannah gadsby and less chris rock
0: well, yeah, and, he is an artsy guy. He's a smart guy too.
1: Super smart. He's a cool guy. I had like one of the craziest stories in the world. The first time I met him, I was at the comic strip and Lee Camp was on before me. I thought I thought I was running into the green room to see Lee Camp. So I kicked yeah. open the door and I'm like, Where's Lee Camp? That guy owes me money, like something stupid. And it was just me and Chris Rock. <laughs>
0: and then we
1: wound up talking about MC and shows. But nineties Chris Rock, it was a it was very aggressive, you know, yes. and he was talking about if you remember he had a bit in the nineties where he was like, We don't need gun control, we need bullet control. Oh, yeah. He's like, every bullet should cost $5,000. He's like, you'd <laughs> never see someone get hit with a stray bullet again. Like, stuff like that. Cause it was like, it was useful. It was funny. And yeah. it was very of the moment. I don't, not as much now, but I love 90s Chris Rock.
0: Talk about all of the moment in the 90s. I remember Chris Rock bit. He said, when I walk into a white neighborhood, people dial 9 1 and wait for me to do something. Like, that was <laughs> perfect, Chris <laughs> Rock, right? That's solid. Okay. Number four for me, Bob Newhart. Bob Newhart. I'm really Mm. going through the sitcom stars right now, but that's (laughs) the way it is. Uh, Again, I I think everybody knows Bob Newhart from his show, The Bob Newhart Show, and also the other Bob Newhart Show called Newhart. They both ran for a a decade, but he started out as a stand-up comedian, the button-down mind of Bob Newhart, top-selling album, and still one of the greatest comedy albums of all time.
1: He is a great, uh, he would do sketches within his act. Yeah. One of his best bits is he did a bit about the guy who was the dispatcher at the Empire State Building. The day King Kong climbed the building.
0: So <laughs> yes. he's, he's, oh,
1: fantastic. And he's just like trying to call in and, and relay what's going on up on the 96th floor. And it's it's actually fantastic. I'll give you, Newhart is fantastic. And he's, yeah. he's wildly underrated. And yeah. uh I, I applaud your efforts for digging through the Smithsonian Comedy Vault and bringing him along too. Exactly. The countdown continues after this. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer.
0: Number three. All right, Fela. Number
1: three. (laughs) Shalou, I love you, man. Um, I said Eddie Murphy, uh, Eddie Murphy raw, uh, you know, Eddie Murphy delirious. Now the reason Eddie Murphy was so funny to me as a kid is because I had never been around anyone that was like cursing constantly really you know yeah. filth a lot of impersonations none of it's appropriate the first five tracks on Eddie Murphy Raw would get any human being canceled from their job just for saying them out loud oh yeah
0: very politically incorrect
1: yes yeah, so it was spectacularly politically incorrect but it as a little kid it was like so insane to me to be exposed to that element and it was only when I became a comic myself that I realized he was kind of like a Richard Pryor cover band yeah but I enjoyed him so much in the 80s. That was a thing for me, Shalu. I didn't watch Richard Pryor until, like, actively. I saw him in movies, but I didn't watch him until I was an actual comic on the road. Yeah. And I was never that blown away by him because everybody was doing his act. Yeah. So by the time I saw him do it, I'm like, oh, God, I know that bit. I know that bit. And then I was like, yeah. oh, yeah. Everybody for, like, 20 years was a Richard Pryor cover
0: band. So true. And I I just, people like Pryor, uh, I was not allowed to to watch them as a kid. And the only uh stand up that i could get was the album at the library so i would go and listen to bob newhart and andy <laughs> griffith and all these you know classics and here's someone who was maybe uh, like as risque as i got woody allen woody allen a uh, great stand up comedian mm. he has a his album uh, called i think it's called woody allen stand up comedian mm. It's uh, recorded in New York City, uh, in downtown Greenwich Village, and it's still one of the best comedy albums ever. Number two.
1: Red Fox's live album that we can't even say on air because of the title. Yeah. Amazing. He has a, he has a I, I they're, they're probably like two of the best live albums you'll ever hear. If we were just talking about best live albums. Yeah. His, uh, Woody's and Red's. Uh, but I'll go with Red's because I can't get canceled for saying I like Woody. You're very risque, Shalhoub. I know.
0: It's, that's the way it is. I mean... <laughs> The, uh you know I gotta I gotta call him as I see him balls and strikes. no so I know
1: minute. it's my Dude, number two.
0: That's it's your my... number two yes red fox yeah.
1: Red fox.
0: let me ask you did he do because I'm not as familiar with his stand-up act that again a lot of the uh, the four uh, letter words in his act. Did he do the, um, you know, uh, uh, I'm coming to get you, you know, was that his, the bits from the show, did he do them in his stand-up act?
1: No, he didn't no. do like, I'm having a heart attack. There wasn't yeah. a lot of Sanford and Son. Right. He's very much like a Pryor or a Chris Rock, yeah. but Red Fox is a comic, is like, do you remember the rapper uh, from the Wu-Tang Clan, Old Dirty Bastard? Yes. Okay. I mean, I know that Shalou family listens to him every night before dinner, so I thought yeah, it would be yeah, next uh, You
0: know, or Sunday mornings, you know. Yeah, it's a good ready. Sunday morning. Uh, but uh, but Red
1: Fox is very much like the ODB of comedy where he was all over the map very scatological yep. filthy but he had a, a transformative energy you know how some guys can get on stage Shalhou, and it's not that their act is particularly strong or that they're great writers but they yep. have like this will that they, 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 they like will it on the room that we're going to have an incredible time yep. Red Fox was really good at selling fun a lot yep. like Rodney D where you just saw them on site and you felt like laughing
0: you get the party started, as they say.
1: And he's probably the reason for the two-drink minimum, because he was probably having like 30.
0: Yeah, exactly. And they
1: were just like, come on, if you want, you got to keep up with red here, folks.
0: <laughs> All right, here we go. Number two for me, David Brenner. David oh, Brenner. David Again, I, I hope there's, you know, the young people, uh, these are some names for you to look up, because he was... The first time I ever saw very simple observational comedy where he would just talk about the normal things. Like, why do we do this? Why do we do that? Of course, later on, everyone uh, knows Jerry Seinfeld. Uh, David Brenner, he always thought Seinfeld was doing him. Do you think that that that's the case?
1: Uh, well, a lot of people felt that way because David Brenner was around first, and he even did like a lot of, again, a lot of political commentary, a lot of social political commentary. Um, but I love David Brenner. He tells a street joke that ends with a visual. Do you know the one where <laughs> I'm not even gonna tell the whole joke, but it's basically a guy gets his hand cut off in a village and the doctor yes. wants ten thousand dollars. so yes, he winds yes. up going to the shoemaker who only charges him fifty bucks.
0: It does sound like a playground joke, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, And then he runs into the doctor afterwards and he's like, hey, I got my hand sewn back on for 50 bucks, so screw you. And he gives the guy the finger, but he does it in a way that the finger, the hand clearly goes flying off. Yes. yes. That was like his closer for a while. I like David Brown. No, that's another great one. Yeah.
0: Number. 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 Number one. Five, four, three. Number Number one. one. So what do we got? Uh, we're down to number one for Jimmy. What do we think? Wait a uh, minute. First of I, all, listen. Jimmy, it, it, it's all African American comics on your list. Am I right? No, I got Rodney D. Okay, the Rod, I forgot. Okay.
1: And I gave you rock, but I gave you three in the
0: middle. I'm a very I feel inclusive. like. I need to. I need to be more diverse in my list here because uh, you know we're looking at, at white males only on Tom Shillue's list. But what can I do, Jimmy? These are the <laughs> names that came to mind.
1: No, yeah, I think no. You're being fair. I mean, again, this is comedy. Yeah. And most of people's favorite comics are the people who affected them in their formative years of consuming comedy. That's it. That's, that's who it. you That's who you were watching. So, you know, very similar to me. Um, but my favorite, uh, my all-time favorite, and no one knows him, so I'll give you guys a Google. I love Kevin Meany. You know him.
0: Oh, my gosh. So funny. Kevin Meany. It's Kevin you Meany. got that voice. Kevin Meany. Talk yes. about getting the party started.
1: He's he is he's he's almost like he'd be considered a troll nowadays. Cause he would go on stage very much like an Andy Kaufman and almost like yeah. antagonize the audience with his would, insanity. Yes. But Kevin Meany, pound for pound, in a comedy club, got more laughs than any human being that ever lived. Oh, he would murder. He used to open for Seinfeld on the I'm Telling You for the Last Time tour. Yeah. And it was he would really just ruin the room. He used to close with a duet. Of him singing uh, We Are the World. Do you remember that?
0: Oh, the We Are the World. And it was like it was so funny because he did it for so many years. Yes. But how could he not? It was such a great closer.
1: He so he would impersonate every character in We Are the World, yeah. and he had like thirty-two different pairs of sunglasses and stuff, so he could be the people and make the transition. Yeah, but it was it was a scream. Like he was closing on that from probably like nineteen eighty-two to like when he died, unfortunately, a few years ago. Yeah. and closing to a standing O for like thirty years. It was that good of a bit.
0: I and, think there's a scene in Jerry Seinfeld's movie Comedian where he uh-huh. turns to Colin Quinn. And he says, Meany's still not closing with We Are the World, is he? <laughs>
1: <laughs> he does, yes. But and it shows like, you. Yeah, that was like 20 years before he had stopped doing it, Shalhoub.
0: <laughs> I know. <laughs> but it shows you. It's funny because they're making fun of him. But it's also like there's a reason Jerry remembers that bit so much, you know?
1: <laughs> oh, it's it's the greatest. Kevin Meany, like, he used to, you know, that's not right. He oh, had a yeah. lot of voices. And he used to do this thing uh, called I Don't Care. Like twenty minutes, thirty minutes into his act, when he was just annoyed with the audience, yeah, he would start to tell them they were terrible and say he doesn't care. But he would build on it until it became a musical number with like thirty-five backup dancers,
0: yeah, and, he'd be uh, and it was yeah. it
1: was a scream. Um, I worked with him on the road though, and almost got killed in Atlanta in two thousand and three because he used to get really rowdy after shows. Do you remember a comic named Hamburger?
0: Yeah, Neil Hamburger.
1: Yeah, yeah. He used to get on. He used to. His act would be. It was. He was a Def Jam comic, and he used to go hamburger oh, every time guy. he
0: talked. No, I'm talking about a different guy. The
1: All right. Guy. Well, Hamburger was yeah. a guy. Uh, he used to get on stage, uh, Alonzo Jones, in a cowboy hat. And I don't know why, but his stick would be hamburger. And then he would just say something like not even remotely close to funny, but the crowd yeah. loved it. It was like a character.
0: People, you know, people love catchphrases. Uh,
1: would Jimmy. get like all tuned up after shows and be running around dicey neighborhoods. I don't know why, but just asking random human beings if they knew hamburger. And you have to picture like little jovial fat Kevin Meany, who's adorable. Uh, In his, like, suspenders and his big pants, uh, probably on a substance. I don't want to put him on record. Uh, But he would uh, troll people and do hamburger and almost get killed. And I, I, one night, uh, was able to save our lives in an Atlanta Waffle House. Because he was doing Hamburgers Act on top of the Waffle House counter. Um, Like he was Beto running for office. Remember when Beto used to stand on counters? Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, meanie uh, was mauling as hamburger on stage and people were getting really offended cause it was like four in the morning and it was like a shift change. So I had to light him with a cell phone and like, as if we were in a comedy club and that made sense to him in his adrift mind. And he got off stage.
0: That is funny, Jimmy. Uh, especially funny that you are using such inside stand-up lingo. I had to light him for the people listening. Yeah. Light him means the light. You turn on the red light when the comedian is supposed to get off stage. So you uh-huh. were telling him it was time for him to get off yes. stage. I just want but to make sure that's clear. Consummate
1: comedian, Shalhoub. This is why he's number one. Yeah. Is even when he's deliriously performing in a non-comedy venue, he still respects the light. <laughs> exactly.
0: Yes. Speaking of respecting the light, my number one, and I was supposed to start this before I did, The first, Andy Griffith, I was going to say, I am not going to mention Jim Gaffigan this whole time because everybody knows I'm friends with Jim Gaffigan. It will seem ridiculous if I say he's my favorite comedian. So normally he would go in this slot, but I I didn't, people are like, shut up about Gaffigan. I know you're friends with him, (laughs) don't say his name again. So that's why I didn't put him on the list. And I will say another great headliner of today, Brian Regan, Brian Mm. Regan, so funny. Uh, and I'm, I'm mentioning him because we watch him uh, with my kids. We go on YouTube and we watch Brian Regan. He's so great because he's clean, and yes. you can watch him with the whole family.
1: He's you now he's world class funny, uh, super clean, in the classes of Gaffigan. And I don't mean to compete, by the way, Shalou, But you know, I was on uh, Gaffigan's show, uh, yes. his TV Land show. Yep. And I don't mean to brag. I don't mean to pistol whip everyone in the audience with my prosperity but I did get a royalty check two nights ago for $4.02.
0: That is unbelievable.
1: So, take off the apron, Jenny Fela. We are going out tonight, girl. <laughs>
0: $4, dollars. that's fantastic. American, and, uh, 4.02. And yeah, Jim is doing great. So he snuck in there. We weren't supposed to be putting him on our list, but we did. And now there is a Sirius XM channel, the Gaffigan channel. It is all Jim Gaffigan for, for a, a short period of time. So that's, you know you've arrived when you get your own Sirius XM channel.
1: Wow. Now that is rad. And he's great. And he deserves all the credit in the world. The guy performed for the Pope,
0: Shalou. It's
1: unbelievable. I've performed for like two defrocked priests who got like thrown out for like gambling at a Las Vegas night. Gaffigan performed for the actual Pope.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, you work the 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 rough side of town. You always have, Jimmy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, I ought to break your thumb. i
0: like Rocky. <laughs> now, Jimmy, I started this thing. So you're going to uh, you're going to carry us out here.
1: That is true. Uh, but was your number one Brian Regan? Just so I'm clear.
0: Yeah, Brian Regan oh. number
1: one. Okay, I th- I honestly Shalu, I thought you had gotten to this place where you were doing honorable mentions, and I just wanted to make sure. Yeah. Because yeah, I would have said in my honorable mentions, I was going to say Joan Rivers. Oh yeah. Um, because pound for pound, yeah. she was as good as a joke writer as anyone who ever lived, and she was a, a, a female comedian when it was really hard. I mean, people have seen you know the marvelous Mrs. Meisel and stuff, but she was OG funny and. Uh, I once told her this, that her face belongs on the comedy Mount Rushmore. We just need to figure out which face. And she <laughs> oh, didn't man. get offended. She thought that was funny. Oh, so I got to give best. her credit for that. Shalou. The uh, best. As, as we should say, uh, thank you to everybody for listening. Please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or at foxnewspodcast.com. Let us know your top five. You can shout out Shalou and I. Oh, and yeah. we will argue with you. Uh, once you get done Googling Shalu's favorite comics, let us know if you agree with them or disagree. Uh, you've been listening to Fox Top 5 on the Fox News Podcast Network. We are out of here.